Hi, this is Prophet Terry. Come experience the new you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. This scripture is the key to all the essence of faith. And what the Lord wants us to understand is that faith is not about you understanding and doing something. The more you understand, maybe the less faith you actually have in God. Now the first thing we must understand that man has faith, and then there's faith that is given to you through God, by His Spirit. We have faith that we can do certain things. Yes, you had faith this morning that you could come to church, and you could go back home. Yeah. Yes, you had faith you are going to get back home today. That's within your understanding. Yes. If you didn't go home today, and you plan to go home today, that would not be in your understanding. Because that thought don't come across your mind, unless if you just felt like you are going to die today or something. So most times... We move in our own understanding, and if you move in your own understanding, then it's your own faith. Even if it applies to the things of God, you're moving by your own understanding. Because many times we would say, uh, we could take a particular verse, and somebody could ask me, what does this verse mean? And then I would speak. It, it might be accurate what I speak, but if I speak based upon what I already know, then that's my understanding. Maybe that wasn't even what I was supposed to tell you. Maybe I was supposed to go a different direction with that interpretation. So we must understand that, that the faith that comes from God, many times, well, I, I think if faith comes from God, it has to go beyond our understanding even if we think we understand it. It's much like this. As, as, a, as a minister or as a preacher, you know, sometimes you could preach a message and, and you know, you, you might be in the spirit of the Lord, but you really weren't trusting the Lord. If I preach a message, and even if I understand what the scripture means, or even if I understand what I'm supposed to preach, I have no joy unless the Lord is there present. And if he's here present, then I don't know what else I might say. Because one thing I've learned about the wisdom of the Lord, it keeps building. So there's a difference between understanding the scripture and preaching it. You might be in the spirit, you know, you might be right, in what you're saying, but the presence of the Lord may not be there. Even though the interpretation is correct. It's only a deposit. And so my hunger is always is that the Lord be present in everything I'm doing, even if I think I know what I'm doing. And even if I do know what I'm doing, I want him to be present because in that is when the miraculous and unusual things take place. Just like with the gift of prophecy, you know, 
If you flow in prophecy long enough, there's things you discern on your own. It's just the deposit of the Spirit. There's understanding. But what I prefer is for the Lord to be present and to speak things that I didn't catch or I didn't see, but things that he wants to say. So there's a difference. And I find the more that you are in the presence of God, you come to this place of not understanding. That's when God is really real, when you don't understand. In fact, a few times I have said, there's only one thing that makes me a leader over somebody else. The thing that I consider that makes me a leader over, over other individuals is this one thing. I think I'm dumber than you. That's what puts me in that position. I think I'm dumber than you. Because when you get to a place when you quit knowing even what you know for God. Now all of us will cry out to God when we don't understand. And many times the Lord will speak into that. But you may not understand in the beginning, as the scripture says, you may understand later. But there's one thing that I've learned to do. I'm not saying I've mastered it, but there's one thing I've learned to do is not to understand even when I understand. Hmm? That's, that's what I mean. If anything qualifies me, I, it, it would be the fact that I think I'm dumber than you. Paul says, this one thing I do, I count it all rubbish. All that I know about the Old Testament, I count it rubbish that I may know him. But what we try to do, we try to add to our understanding. We go to Bible study. We go to UE. Volumes and volumes and volumes. We try to add to our understanding rather than get rid of our understanding. So that is our error. And even though I might be one that, that, you know, is prone to a lot of teachings, I would never, 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 never think that a teaching could replace God. It's one attribute. It's like a photograph. And you might have took a picture of my bad side. It may not even be my good side. Does somebody hear me? So some of us, we are going in the wrong direction to get more of God. Because you're trying to add to your understanding. Now there's things that we can understand. Oh, that's why that happened. Oh, that's why that works that way. Okay, so you could, you could look back and say, okay. But even things in the past, you don't always understand everything yet. Because it may not be far enough in the future for you to understand what took place in the past. And the more you seek to understand is the more you separate yourself from God because it's when you don't lean to your own understanding and you trust God, then, then you begin to understand what God is doing when he gets ready to reveal it to you. See, when you don't walk in that understanding. Even here he says, you know, you do not understand what I'm doing right now. But let me do it or you do what I tell you to do even though you don't understand it. So there's a lot of things that, that, that you know, that, that we think we understand, 
And the, and the worst answer you could ever have is a wrong answer. It is better to be a dummy than have the wrong answer. Because if you think you know something, it will take many licks before you say, well, maybe I don't know. It is better to be a dummy. It is better not to know than have the wrong answer. So I'm not saying that we don't learn some things about the movement of the Holy Spirit. And I've often said that in this house and in the school. I said, yes, we have classes. We teach you about the movement of the Spirit. We teach you about you know, uh, negative spirits. We teach you about evil spirits. We teach you about all those things, right? But many times I've said, when you go in the prayer room, forget everything I taught you and do what God tells you to do. Because that's about making yourself familiar that, okay, these things could happen. These, things, these are examples. But when it comes face to face, you do not trust your teachings, you trust God. But that applies to life. So most of us are trying to gather this wisdom, and the more wisdom we gather, the Bible says clearly that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So what a lot of us are doing, we are gaining knowledge and understanding, but it's just puffing us up, making us feel like we're better than everybody else, which really kind of makes us kind of ignorant. And we're going to get deeper with this scripture than we did this morning in just a moment. But the thing is, it, it builds you up. So if you want to be in that place with God, when you don't understand, you believe that he's with you. And you trust that he's with you. Hmm? I'm going to understand this later. I don't understand it right now. God, even when I pray and, and you tell me some things, I'm still not getting it. But I'm going to understand this thing later. But there's another level. The other level is, even when you think you understand, disqualified. It's possible. It seems likely. It seems like the same thing. But let God be the judge. So the key is to always, if you want to be in the spirit of God, is to never be understanding. Because if you're understanding, you're in yourself. It might be a deposit of the spirit. You might be right. But wouldn't it be better just to let God say so? Wouldn't it be better just let the Spirit of the Lord move you? See, you might know a lot about a lot of things, but what does that person really need to hear? You ever realize you have the same remedy for every sickness? You know what herb to take. You realize you've got the same solution to every problem? See, that's you. You said it's tried and proved. No, it's not tried and proved. It's you we proved. It's, that's, that's it. Yes, you and we. Yes? Because you have the same solution. The thing with God. He's beyond your understanding. And once you learn to live in that place of not understanding, but just 
staying cool and quiet to God speaks through you. Not just when you don't understand, but even when you do understand. Don't speak as a Lord at all. When you do understand, hopefully, when it seems like you understand, you could be wrong. Paul says my conscience is clear, but that don't mean I'm innocent. But think about it. Aren't you going about it all wrong? Think about it. Are you not going about it all wrong? Aren't you adding knowledge to knowledge? And what does that mean? That means one day you don't need God anymore. Because you have all the answers. And if you have all the answers, then you don't need God. You are God. So here it is, you're striving for more of God, and you don't realize with every teaching you listen to, with every preacher you say amen to, you may be excommunicating yourself from the very spirit of the living God that you want to be obtained to. Just to trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And if what you think you know is correct, then the Holy Spirit will confirm it. If it is not correct, he saved you from making a fool of yourself. And looking so religious. Hmm? But think about it. And this is not so you can say, I've done it all wrong all my life. That's not what I'm saying. But think about it. Aren't you doing it the wrong way? Uh, coming to God, shouldn't that make you dumber, not smarter? The Bible says, lean not to your own understanding. Is there, is there a clause in there? Lean not to your own understanding until you become wise like me. Is there a clause? There's no clause. There's no expiration date. You've been in church 20 years. That don't apply to you anymore. And sometimes we think so, you know. Sometimes we think scriptures have expiration dates. So once we've been in church long enough, that scripture don't apply to us no more. My ways are not your ways. But I've been in church 20 ways, so his ways are my ways now. Think about it. Think about it. Have you ever realized the more you think you know in God, the less happy you are? You just become some religious stick. With a stiff neck. You ever realize the happiest people in God are the ones that don't challenge your theology? The happiest people in God is the one that says, he's on the throne, let me stay down here. The happiest people are the ones not up in heaven, in the throne room, trying to push God off the throne. Or trying to sit in his lap and be the, Jesus, be the sheep in Jesus' arm. But it's one that just loves him. 
Is it possible you're doing it all wrong? Now, I'm not saying we don't use knowledge and we don't use understanding. I'm not saying we don't use wisdom. I'm just saying true wisdom is not always our wisdom. I've seen many times God would do things different than I would do them. Now, being his child, being his minister, being his prophet, we have the same goal. We have the same intent to reach somebody. And the best of my knowledge, I think, okay, let's, I'll do it this way. And the Lord says, no, don't do it that way. Do it this way. Come from this direction. Huh? And I find joy in that. Not that I've mastered it, but I find joy in being a dummy. Huh? I find great joy. Just, I find great joy coming out here, not well rehearsed. Because if I'm well rehearsed, I'm going to do what I rehearsed. I find great joy in just trusting the words that come out of my mouth, even if they don't make sense. I don't know how many times something made sense after I said it. But coming out of my mouth, it sounded foolish. <laughs> coming out of my mouth, it sounded quite stupid. But after I said it, whoa. It's when you learn to lean not to your own understanding. Just trust God. Hmm? As he said. You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you understand. You don't realize now what I'm doing in your life, but later you're going to understand. Hmm? But look how sad you look just because you don't understand. Look how miserable you look. Look how frustrated you look. Look how lonely you look. Look, look how desperate you look. Look, look, how, look how broke you look just because you don't understand. can't prove faith except to do it. You, you, just, you just trust him. And you, and you trust him even, even if you even if, listen, even if you do wrong, the Lord is there with you. You must believe that. Even if you did wrong and everybody else ready to kill you. God ready to save you. Huh? And the fact that you want to do what's right, says God is in there. He ain't left you. I don't care how angry you are. I don't care how violent you feel inside, but something holding you back. Only thing that holds you back is Jesus. As the evidence of God. I suggest you listen to him and not your madness. But it's hard sometimes. It's impossible, actually, for the flesh to believe that God loves you when you're upset. You know, when you go, huh? When you're beating your head like a drum. Oh, that's the time when you need just to chill yourself, cool yourself, and know that God is with you. 
You'll understand it all by and by. So the times when you feel the dumbest are maybe the times that you could be the closest to God if you just give up wanting to understand everything and wanting to understand the universe, if you just give it all up and have faith in God. Hmm? Yes? Have faith in God. Who do you to say, this is the worst year you've ever had? Who are you to say, this is the worst place. Who are you to say that you're in a terrible place? You don't know that? You do not realize what I am doing right now, says the Lord. But later you're going to understand. That is, if you don't just give up on me and commit suicide or do something foolish, you ain't going to find out. True? Yes? All right, let's go somewhere. We're going to go somewhere. That you probably haven't been with this scripture before. So, the meal was being served. But while it was being served, Jesus got up, took off his outer garment, put, tied a towel around himself, and poured some water in a basin, and was going to wash his disciples' feet. Peter saw him come and says, No, Lord, you will never wash my feet. Peter's very religious. No, Lord. Another way of saying, I'm not worthy. No, I'll wash your feet. No, Lord. And Jesus says, unless I wash your feet, you have no part of me. Now, most people would just say, okay, but not Peter. Peter thinking of the... He says, okay, if you're going to wash my feet, you've got to wash my hands and my head. Still telling the Lord what to do. And the Lord told him right here, this was in between. He says, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. If I don't wash your feet, you'll have no part of me. So Peter decides to add to it. Now, this is a little twist on this, right? To wash somebody's feet was a bit of a a lesser job. It wasn't a high-ranking job. In fact, if you look at 1 Timothy chapter 5, I think... 1 Timothy 5.10, if you look at that, it says the widows, you know, who was, had been faithful to their husband and who are known to wash the feet of the saints to be put on the list. So it, it, I don't think it was absolutely a woman's job, but ladies, I think this was woman's work to wash feet. I don't know where the woman was that's supposed to be washing the feet, but we could, we could say that just for the sake of revelation and the sake of remembering. You know, I think, I think a man could certainly do it, but it said, you know, it, it said that the widow was known for washing the feet of the saints, right? Usually over 60, known for washing the feet of the saints. Didn't mean she started washing feet when she was 60. Washing the feet of the saints. It says the younger widows, don't put them on such a list. And I'm sorry, I just had this humorous thought that I couldn't get out of my mind. The best way to get it out of my mind is to speak it. Because I could see the younger, the younger widows, you know. If a handsome guy washed in, oh, I'm washing his feet. <laughs> uh, his feet? I ain't touching his feet, no way. <laughs> 
So I don't know what kind of feet Peter had. But so I think that was woman's work, you know. And then as you read down further, Jesus said, I did this as an example so that you would wash one another's feet. A lesser job, right? But see, with law and with religiousness, we always have rankings. And once, once we have such an anointing, you know, we can't be touched. And once we have an anointing, these jobs are way below us. But see, all of that is law. Because law is always about money. It's always about position. You don't realize that about the Old Testament. But the Old Testament was always about money and position. If you obey the law, God will make you rich. Yes, that was Job. That was everybody in the Old Testament. That was Abraham. That's everybody in the Old Testament. And that's us today. We think if we do everything right, we'll be blessed. What does that mean? Money and position. So it always has that. It, it, it doesn't really have any, okay, okay, okay. So if I'm really anointed and really blessed by God, yes, maybe I'd give some money to a widow. Or maybe I'd pay somebody to wash their feet, but I would never wash their feet. And what causes fights and quarrels among us? Because we want to wash somebody's feet? No. We want somebody to wash our feet. That's what causes fights and quarrels. Uh, yes? What causes fights and quarrels in marriages? They don't even want to rub feet. They want their feet rubs. Hmm. See? <laughs> So, and, and the Lord is talking to Peter, and he's using this, this, this example of, of feet washing. Now, now, technically, he told Peter, he said, when Peter said, wash my hands and my head, the Lord says, didn't you take a bath? You only need your feet washed because, you know, everything was dusty and dirty and roads were dirty and that type of thing. It's just your feet. It was customary. It was a customary thing. He says, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Actually, a few verses down, it says, do you understand? Do you understand? Quit trying to have a position. Quit trying to be a know-it-all. Quit trying to know everything and humble yourself because when you humble yourself, you will be exalted. When you become a dummy, you will be exalted. When you become quiet, and wait, you'll be exalted. Hmm? When Job was going through all of his dilemmas, right? His three friends come along. Probably wealthy gentlemen like himself, right? And maybe the accusers of Job anyway. But they come along and they're throwing out all this advice to Job. And in the end, we realize the Lord rebuked them and made Job offer a sacrifice from him. But there was a young man there. And by the young man being there, what they're saying is there was a dummy there. 
So there was a young man there. Unlike some young people, this young man chose just to listen. Listen to them old people. Them three old men telling Job how bad he was, and Job there with all his sores. He's just listening. I don't know if he rode with them, how he got there. He probably was saying, Hi, why did I come here? I am so foolish. Why am I sitting here? 30-something chapters, I've been listening to these old men quarrel. <laughs> why did I come? He was probably trying to find an exit. But then all at once, the Spirit of the Lord began to speak through him. It's not when you want your feet rubbed that you find wisdom. And it's not when you're rubbing the feet of somebody higher than you. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. You would love to rub Jesus' feet, every one of you. You would love to rub Jesus' feet. Hmm? Some of you might even like to rub my feet. But let me see if I can find somebody's feet that you don't want to rub. Mars. So you don't mind humbling yourself to the Lord and rubbing his feet, washing his feet. Huh? Oh, you would love to, you know, to lean back on the Lord. What's that song? Lean back on him, you know. How's that song go? Uh, what is, how's it go? Um, mm -hmm. All right. And, and, and how come you don't sing that song, Josanne, when you're in the taxi? And somebody leaning on you. Uh-huh. You, you sing that song before marriage, but now that you're married, you're still singing it? Uh, go for the kill. <laughs> but that's the point, right? So we deceive ourselves. We think we're such lovers of God. No, we just want his money and positions. Uh, and some of you have been in church long enough you don't even want to get down on your knees and pray anymore. Because you got so much wisdom. Huh? What's keeping you off of your knees? Is it not your wisdom? What's keeping you from crying out and praying like you used to? Is it not your wisdom? Huh? You know that wisdom that says, well, I just got a half aid. Or that wisdom that says, you know, it says, you know, the Lord knows what I need. That's the stuff that separates us. But when we become lowly and we humble ourselves, not knowing everything, 
The reason we can't hear from God because we think we know everything. We just want the Lord to come and explain why he ain't done better. Ah, <laughs> Think about it. Some of you, you, you want an answer from God. You've been asking God a question. You don't want God to tell you the truth. You want him to confirm what you already think. Or you want him to come and apologize why it ain't happened the way you think it should happen yet. You're not looking for truth. And truthfully is the Lord standing away from you because the last time he was around you, you crucified him. That's why he stays hidden right now. Because you'd kill him again. Uh. <laughs> he said, I died one time. Quit killing me. You know how many times you're going to kill me? I really want you to hear this. You might be, you may have the potential to be far more godly than you think. But you might have to give up some of your biblical knowledge. Just because you have a doctor's bag and all the instruments don't mean you know how to do a surgery. And just because you have a, a book with all the Lord's sayings don't mean you know which one to apply to this particular situation. And that's why the heathens call it contradictory because you can find scriptures that says wait upon the Lord and you can find scriptures that says quit being lazy. You can find scriptures that says trust in the Lord to provide and then you can find scriptures that says if you don't work, you don't eat. That's why heathens contradict the word all the time because the word is contradictory if you don't know how to use it. Yes? In other words, there's a word in there for the lazy man and there's a word in there for the workaholic. And there's a word in there for the one that can't make up their mind. Hmm? There's a word in there for the one that wants to divorce. And there's a word in there for the one that needs to divorce. Even though God don't like it. So in the Bible, you, you, can't, you can't look in the Bible and, and, and memorize the Bible and learn the Bible and know how to use it. Huh? Bible says if, they, if, you know, if you ask for one thing, give them the other. Does it not? What is that? If you ask for the uh, tunic, give them your cloak as well, right? But then the Bible says don't give your pearls to swine. So evidently you can give you a cloak, but not your pearls. Don't give your pearls to swine, or else they'll turn and run over you. Huh? No, the Bible is very contradictory. It's contradictory because there's a word in there for every situation. The contradiction is not the word. The word knows what it's talking about. The contradiction is you reading it and trying to understand it. So you become the contradiction. So when the heathens say the Bible contradict, it contradicts itself, it does. But you're the contradiction. Because you don't know how to apply it. And quite frankly, nobody knows how to apply it. Yes? Because if, I, if, I'm, trying, if I'm trying to bless you or something, 
And, and the Bible is trying to tell me to stay away from you and don't give my pearls to you. But me, I'm trying to give so my left hand don't know what my right hand is doing. It makes me very stupid. <laughs> huh? The Bible says be bold. But the Bible also told Paul, get out of the city, they're going to kill you. <laughs> But we make the Bible out, okay, okay, everything is in there. Oh, it's in there. But you don't know how to use it without the Spirit of God. Without the Spirit of God in you. You don't know how to use it. Because if the Bible, the Bible is simple. It's simple to God. And it's simple to those who belong to God, but to everybody else, the Bible is very confusing. Even the Old Testament, it says Jesus opened up their minds so that they could understand. He opened up their eyes so they could see him and opened up their minds so they could understand. But the Bible is the most fought over book that ever been written. Believers fighting over what this means and what that means. Huh? Why are they fighting over it? Because it's the blind leading the blind. Why are they fighting over it? Because they're looking for contradiction. They're looking for some way to prove somebody wrong. They're using the word to fight and not to make love. They're looking to fight. And why do we fight? Because we want to be better than somebody else. Seven days want to be better than six days. <laughs> But when we humble ourselves and wash one another's feet, huh? Now listen, sometimes sometimes you go and you minister to people. Hmm? And they talk in stupidness. I remember several years ago. How many people we have come here last year for prayer? 15,000 people. All right. So ever since I've been here, I've been persecuted because I don't go out and do more crusades. Right? But every day we have 50, 60 people walking up the steps for prayer. They come looking for help. And you want me to go out and see if I can find somebody looking for help? <laughs> so every day. Several years ago, we have all these evangelists at heart. So even though we got more people than we can pray for coming up the steps, right? Because we're going to pray for you two hours, three hours. Oh, they just feel of the Lord to go outside in the highways and the byways and <laughs> and, <laughs> and minister to people. There's nothing wrong with that, but here was the result. They found a lot of believers that loved them. Actually, to tell the truth, this is what we did. I sent them out without money. Is that true? No money. I gave you the money to get somewhere. I did not give you the money to get home. 
Hey, it ain't that bad. It's somewhere in Trinidad. You know, day or two you could walk home. <laughs> but <laughs> so, all right, all right, you want to do this evangelist thing? Let's do it. Let's do it faith-wise. So I send you out with enough money to get there. No lunch, just money to get there. You've got to find your own way back. And you cannot, and I'm trusting you not to lie to me, you cannot ask anybody for a ride. You can't ask nobody for no money. <laughs> Is that the way it was done? That's the way it's done. Hmm? Yes? And some of them come home whether I wanted them to or not, but they, they got back. <laughs> And they found so many people. They found so many believers out there. And they said, yes, we're going to come. We're going to come by the house. We're going to come for prayer. We're going to do this, you know. 99% of them never come. But what was worse, they found some believers out there that tried to preach to them. <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> they tried to preach to them. Because only if the Lord is doing it is it going to get done. Otherwise, you're just butting your head against somebody else. But, but sometimes, sometimes when you minister to people, oh, they, they think they know things. And sometimes, don't get up and butt heads with them. Just stay humble. You're going to say something they will never forget. If you're not careful, you may even win the conversation over. But you don't win it. You don't win the fight like this. Hmm? Best, best knockouts have always come like this. Ain't nobody hearing me. Ain't no boxers in there. Ain't no fighters in the house. Best knockouts have never come like this. When you didn't catch coming. Hmm. And you do that by waiting your time. we would learn to quit fighting and just humble ourselves to the spirit of the Lord. And even if you're a preacher or a pastor, can't nobody take your position if God puts you there. Just don't be no wimp and walk away. You just stand your ground. Just stay right there. Just be quiet. God will fight for you. God will shield you. But, but you find that by being a dummy. You didn't know that what that meant? That, that was what that meant? Lean not to your own understanding? That's God's nice way of saying, you dummy. Don't speak. Don't say. And I've learned that many times in government offices. I've learned that in immigration. Sometimes they want to blow on you. You just stay quiet. And they still show you favor. Huh? I remember one time going to the immigration office and I had sandals on. And I didn't know they changed the law. You got to have closed shoes on, right? And uh, I think at first they turned me out. You was, we went, right? And some other ones went in. I went and some others went in. So they turned me down one time because I had the sandals on. We didn't get the notice. Well, there wasn't no notice. They just decided to put it up on the door. 
So, all right, y'all go do your thing. I'll sit outside. I think Nicole found somebody, and they come outside, and she got me. To, they was going to let me in, but he had to give me a speech. Like I was, you know, like I was supposed to know you're supposed to have clothes, shoes, you know. He gave me his speech, you know. I was just sitting there taking my legs. Boom, boom. <laughs> so after he gave me a few licks, he let me in. What do I care? I get in, I get stamped, I come out. Yeah. <laughs> I win. We would win so much if we would take the lower rope. We would win so much if we quit trying to be wise. Huh? Don't you realize people are arrogant in this world? People are proudful in this world. You know what's going to aggravate them the most? <laughs> Somebody like themselves. If you just stay calm. And you know why some preachers get put in jail and they get persecuted? It's not because of the gospel. It's because they're full of themselves. You know, it contacts the glory away from the ones that are actually persecuted. They're full of themselves. I remember several years ago, there's this guy. He's known to be kind of... <laughs> he likes to preach on the street a lot. So he said... They put me in jail. And if I was a policeman, I'd probably put him in jail several times, personally. <laughs> but as he began to talk, I said, what happened? And I don't know, they told him to move on or to just go down the road a little bit there or something. They weren't against him. No, he made a big deal out of it. Next thing you know, <laughs> they're taking him in. <laughs> Some preachers, they get off on that. Yes, that's like some of them get arrested during COVID. Huh? And you know how many preachers got sick and died during COVID? Yes, God can heal. And we saw God heal several people with COVID. And if God says go, then that means you're you covered. But sometimes you go and do things out of arrogance and pride. In the name of the Lord, you just go and do things, you know. You know, the Spirit of the Lord is not with you. And then you're dead or you get COVID. <laughs> huh? And then you're sick as a dog. You ain't dead yet, but you, you got COVID. Hmm? And, you, and you said Mr. COVID couldn't touch you. And now you look so stupid. Because COVID none touched you. <laughs> Because that's what happens when we take the word of God and we apply it to our own understanding and we just grab the scriptures, right? We grab the scriptures that say, wait, we cast them out. <laughs> Any scriptures that, that don't work in the direction we want to go, we throw them away. We grab a scripture to our own liking and we says, the Bible says so. But there's not many things the Bible says don't do that too, you know. It's about trusting his spirit. You, you don't understand scripture because scripture can go in different directions, but if you don't let the Lord lead you, 
And you know what is the downfall of many Christians? Their favorite scriptures. Because you grab scriptures to fit your personality. You grab scriptures that would justify your meanness and your rudeness. Be bold like a lion. And the violent take it by force. <laughs> but you don't know no scriptures about meekness. <laughs> you, 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 yes, you don't know those scriptures. So we grab scriptures to fit our personality. Mm. Mm. Uh -huh. Don't let nobody look down on you. You love that one? Huh? <laughs> yeah. And no matter how many verses you know, and hopefully you know all of them, or at least the other side of it. There, there was something that the Lord did that tormented me when I was first called to preach. And didn't know nothing about the Bible, but here I was preaching. He'd give me a verse, and I'd think, okay, okay. And then he'd give me another verse. And that verse seemed to contradict the verse he gave me. So I, I'm in torment here because I'm not sure what the Lord is saying because this verse is saying this, but this other verse seems to be saying something else. But I realized that was the way the Lord would make you sharp. That you would rightly manage the word. And that you would not lean to your own understanding. Just because you know a scripture, it doesn't mean it applies to this particular situation. So I find the more, it, it, I mean, it makes you feel a little dumb in life, but I find the more you just say, okay, Lord, what do I do here? And even if you think you know something is right, it, it may not be right. Right? It may not be right. For example, right outside here, we have a traffic light right there. And if I ever find the powers to be for the satisfaction of my own sanity, I'm going to ask. There's a traffic light right there. They painted a line out there where the cars are supposed to stop. Across the road, this side road here, not the bus route, right? Before, they didn't have a line painted there. And so people just pulled up there. But there's always these smart individuals. I have seen this at least 50 times. I don't know what possesses me to look out the window at that time and see some dummy doing this. As somebody get out of the car and say, move up, move up, move up. <laughs> <laughs> Implying that there's, there's, a, there's a timer, that there's some kind of camera in the, in the traffic light. And if you don't move up, move up, move up. They're beating on the window. Move up. Now, there are some traffic lights that have that. I don't think this one does, but there are some traffic lights that have that, right? But usually that would only work like on a busy, a busy, busy road at night. And so there's no sense for the light to change if there's nobody over there. But as much traffic is going on here, it's probably just simple timing. 
I don't think that traffic light even has one. But you know how many people get out? They, they don't know that there's a, a camera in that. They just think they know. You know, we know Trinidadians are very smart. I can't wait till we get a new place so I don't have to watch that. Because it seems like every time some dummy gets out of there and fusses at somebody for not pulling up close enough, I get to see it. And I feel possessed to get into the fight, you know, but... <laughs> and I feel possessed to say, I want to open my window like some idiot and say, there's no camera in the light! <laughs> <laughs> but thanks be to God I don't do that because I really don't know to be honest I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a camera in that light or not but if anybody in here knows anybody that would know I would really appreciate it <laughs> But, but see, that's, that's all of life. And, and, and that's the church, you know. Somebody in church saying, you need to move up. You need to do this. You need to do that because of that and because of that. And then the other side's wanting to fight. And neither one of them knows the truth. We're just a thorn in each other's flesh. <laughs> and even though I could reason, listen. There's no way that that would even be working because there's so much traffic here. It's just going to be equally spanned out the way it's supposed to be. It's so easy to get involved into something. You know, for you to take your side in something. But the, as anybody, I'm sure there's 100 people in here that has been on this. Has anybody ever took up a fight and truthfully you did not know? <laughs> you just, you just, ah, uh, yeah. Uh, I have found myself in the middle of some stupid arguments about politics, about calories, about anything. And I don't know nothing. <laughs> what's good for you, what's not good for you, what works, what don't work. There's something in my flesh that just, it wants to get in the, the, the debate. But if I'm honest with myself, look who I'm talking to. If I'm honest with myself, I don't really know. Why can't I humble myself and say, I don't know. Or maybe you, maybe you shared something that, that you believed or you heard and somebody said, no, that ain't right. This verse says this. And pastor so-and-so said that and da-da-da-da. Or, or maybe it's not even a biblical thing. And you just feel, no, I can't fight. <laughs> but the truth is, you don't know. <laughs> But that's us, isn't it? And unfortunately, when we got saved, even water baptized, Holy Ghost filled, 
It did not kill that thing. That makes us want to fight when we don't even know if we're right. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? It's just like, I'm a nobody if I don't say something. It don't have to make sense. I just got to say something. <laughs> I feel like a nobody if I just stay quiet. Or say, it really don't matter. Uh, and you, you know, you would think I would be better at it sometimes. Because I have a younger brother right below me. He knows everything. Everything. He only went to school four years. <laughs> Literally. But he knows everything. He knows everything about medicine. He knows everything about science. So, if we're talking, and he says something stupid, my foot shaking, you know. <laughs> Boy, you're talking some stupidness. <laughs> I know to shut up because you ain't going to win this argument. <laughs> The best way you can win this argument is to be quiet. Mm -hmm. Is that right? <laughs> but sometimes I would repent for agitating him a little bit. I would say, so, so what about this? And he would go into great details about this, you know. He don't even know what the word means, but he's going into great detail. Because sometimes I would throw a word out and I'd say, well, what about this? And he would begin to explain, but he don't even know what that word means because he only went to school four years in his life. <laughs> and my father said I was the one that would argue with the signpost. But I feel like he's more educated than me. <laughs> or maybe it's the Lord <laughs> that, that stopped You ever get in an argument with yourself? <laughs> I mean, you standing in between two dummies now. If we would just humble ourselves and, and, and not want to know everything. Yes, Caleb? Not to... <laughs> Caleb's a wise man. I know he understands. He's going to amen me. <laughs> if we would just jail, you know, uh, um, Ishmael, um, you know, if we just <laughs> Christy, <laughs> did I leave anybody out? <laughs> Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Percival, yeah. <laughs> now, Percival, he's, he's on a level beyond all levels. <laughs> he can give you a book and page, you know. 
When I first started preaching, I didn't know nothing about the Bible, so I'm terrified, you know. So here they are. I was pastoring one church full time. I was assistant pastor at another church. So I mean, the church they put me to pastor at, I mean, that church started in, I don't know. That church was way over 100 years old. That church had been there a long time ago. That was 30 years ago. <laughs> that, church, that church was back in the 1930s or 40s or something. I don't, it, old church. And some of the members have been there that long too because they was old. <laughs> so here I am. I don't know nothing about the Bible, but they put me to preach this church. I thought, man, I'm scared, you know, because I don't know nothing. I don't know what Easter is. I'm scared. So, <laughs> I am so scared. I'm terrified that somebody's going to come up and ask me a question hmm, that I don't know the answer to. They're going to ask me something biblical, and I don't know the answer to it. And I'm going to forget that the Lord called me, and I'm going to disqualify myself just because I don't know the answer to this question. So I, I, I walked in that torment, but I realized the awesome thing about God, when you humble yourself, individuals would come and ask me questions, but somehow or another, I always managed to study those scriptures before they asked me. And I mean within a, a year or two years, I was the smartest man I knew. Whoa, that sounds so good. <laughs> they think I'm so smart. I only know one verse. <laughs> but they think you're smart enough. <laughs> so I answered that question good. So now they come in with other questions, you know. And they bragging, they bragging on me. They say, our pastor, he knows the Bible inside out. <laughs> I don't know nothing. <laughs> All I know is the answer to that one question. But I realize that's the whole key to God. It's okay to just say you don't know. That, that doesn't mean your soul is damned. It's okay to say you don't know. Huh? It's okay. Have you ever seen, you know, somebody will ask a question. And they'll ask the question, and you've got to give an answer. You would rather say something stupid than just say, I don't know. Let me pray. <laughs> Let me think about this. You, you just give an answer, because somehow or another you feel pressured. If you don't speak up, then there's something wrong with you. Or you're not a child of God. But the reality, that's where wisdom does speak. When you quit trusting your understanding. And you trust God. Huh? And once you become that dummy, you realize the Lord will begin to speak more wisdom through you than you could ever understand. And you will realize that wisdom is beginning to like you the first time in your life. <laughs> uh, 
and you realize, not, not, not that you do it for debate purposes, but you realize that the Lord is starting to give you wisdom and he will speak wisdom through you that nobody can contradict. Huh? And even though people will try to prove you wrong, God has wisdom they can't deal with. But the way you find that wisdom is by being a dummy. By not leaning to your own understanding, even when your own understanding might be right. Because sometimes you just need to be quiet, even if you have the answer. Sometimes you need to be quiet, even if you have the answer. So being quiet was the answer. Sometimes being quiet is the answer. <laughs> Let me say that again. Sometimes being quiet is the answer. Hmm? You may say, how do I reply to this idiot? They don't know what they're talking about. But sometimes being quiet is the answer. Great intelligence lies in quietness. Huh? Even the Bible tells you not to talk to the foolish. Just let them folly away. Don't, don't get into that. Don't get into that. And in this day and time, we love to cut each other. The media is full of ministers that cut each other. We don't preach the gospel. We see how we can discredit somebody else. We don't preach the gospel. We see how we can discredit another church or discredit another pastor. Listen, truth will always find its way to the surface. True wisdom doesn't get caught up in that stuff. And this is what happens to us sometimes as ministers. You know what happens to us? Sometimes we stop following God and catching new revelations. Although there's nothing new under the sun, it's just new to us and maybe the people of our generation. But we will stop that only to discredit what somebody else is doing. And you know what some preachers do on Sunday? They will preach a message based on somebody they don't like. They might be courteous enough not to tell you who it is. But, but, but you're, you're preaching against something that somebody said rather than preaching what God has told you to preach. You just get, you just get caught up in the nonsense. Rather than just waiting on God for the truth. I don't have to have all the truth. God's got the truth. I don't have to have all the answers. God's got the truth. And one thing we do not have to do, we do not have to discredit other people to qualify ourselves. Because the world loves to do that. How do I qualify myself? Discredit somebody. And it feels so good when I'm discrediting somebody. Huh? Why does it feel so good to us? When we're telling somebody they're wrong. And we don't know the answer either. We don't know the answer. But we know you ain't got the answer. 
So we feel smarter by just telling you you don't know the answer. <laughs> ah, the, this is not who the Lord has called us to be. He's called us to wash each other's feet. Hmm? To wash each other's feet. Not to discredit each other. Let everybody have a view. And in case you don't know it in this house, listen, you can believe whatever you want to believe. I ain't going to make you believe something. I'm going to tell you what I feel the Lord is telling me to preach. That's what I'm going to say. If you don't agree with it, you don't have to. I respect that. Only thing I ever asked in this house, just respect the ministry, respect the church, right? Right? You know, don't make a scene. You don't have to agree with me. It, it, and, and I can still like you, even if you don't agree with me. Because until you see it, it don't make sense. Because I'm not about brainwashing. You need to see it. If you're brainwashed, it don't work. If you're brainwashed, it don't work on your heart. You need to see it. You need to understand it. And if that's a journey for you, before you catch all of it, all right. All right. So you, 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 can't, you can't force people. You can't beat people up. You can't make people be a Christian. You can be a light. And if you'll learn to be that light, the Lord will bring all the bugs around you. Yeah? Huh? But the light don't intrude the bugs. The light destroy the bugs. So you, can't, you can't make a Hindu be, uh, undo his Hinduism or a Muslim undo their Muslimness. But you can be a light. And sooner or later, they're going to come to you. But not if you're rude. You, you, have to, you have to learn to wash each other's feet. You got to learn, I don't have to beat you into submission. What? I don't have to make you quit drinking. I don't have to make you quit doing that. Yes? Life will do that. Truth will always surface. But it's about coming to that place where you just, you just, you stay in that place of knowing nothing but, ooh, what did Paul say? I think it's Paul said that. I, I know nothing but him crucified. Isn't that what he said? I know nothing but him crucified. Paul says, I lay down all my wisdom. Because all my wisdom is what got me knocked down and blind for three days. Because I thought I was smart. <laughs> So, if you think you're smart, you're setting yourself up for a good slapping. Because uh, Paul thought he was smart. He thought he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He said that. He said, I used to be the Pharisees of Pharisees. That's why he took that slap. Uh, slap him. He blind three days. <laughs> See? You get harder licks when you know more. Dumb children are always blessed. <laughs> Those who listen. Hmm? So if you want more of God, yes, be dumb. That's hard, isn't it? Uh, that's hard for you. What? Mm. Mm. Have you ever told Josanne you don't know? You have. A day. 
I did. <laughs> that was hard, wasn't it? <laughs> it's hard to tell somebody you don't know. But listen, there's a lot of things I don't know. There's a lot of things you don't know. And there's a lot of things we think we know, but the truth is we're just covering it up. We really don't know. We have an ideal about it. But when, when you find that place, if you want more of God, you've got to be less of you. Less of your knowledge. Less of what you think. And listen, we all have these passions about morals and, and, and things in life. We all have these passions and thoughts about dating and not dating and this and that. Everybody's got an opinion, right? You know, you don't even have to be a believer to have some kind of opinion. Everybody got an opinion. But the truth is, nobody knows. Only God knows. And it's only when we trust him do we know. And here's the painful thing. Even when God tells you the truth, nobody else may not believe you. That's the thing with God. God may tell you things, but nobody else is ready to receive what you're hearing. But in time. But later, you will understand. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We've got a couple minutes. Let's see. Who needs a word this afternoon? Oh, is it good to see a full house today? Mm. Let's make sure we're evangelistic, yes? There's somebody out there that's looking for God. Help them find it, right? You'll get a blessing in it. That's a blessing all by itself. Mm -hmm. Who am I looking for? me, Lord. Speak to us, Lord. You can't go to some churches. They're going to think you had a demon. <laughs> he always does that. Mm-hmm. 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 
The 23rd of September. 23rd of September. That's you? Uh-huh. That's what? That's your birthday? 23rd of September. Somebody else? Huh? That's your dog's birthday? What? Dad's birthday. Huh? My dad's birthday. Your dad's birthday? Yeah. Oh, so we've done this before. Have we? No. No? No. Prophet Sim, my dad's birthday as well. 22 of September. Who said that? Somebody? Oh. All right. Oh. Mm. Ah. It's her I want. Your father's birthday. <laughs> Evidently. Uh, it's her. Maybe, maybe I'll give the word for the father ones, but it's her. Your son's birthday. All right. Okay. And where where is he at? Where's your son at? Hmm? No, where is he at? No, where? 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 In Trinidad. He live with you? Yeah, he lives, he lives. He lives with you? Yeah. No, he lives with his mother. Huh? He lives with his mother. He lives with his mama. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's what I was... He don't live with you, right? Mm, how old is he? He's 20, 24. Uh-huh. But y'all not very close. Because mm, that's, that's what I was hearing the Lord say. Mm. She's, she's the one going after, because I can't just go after all the 23rds, but I did feel led to speak here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes children just got to learn their own way. Sometimes they don't listen when they need to listen. But the Lord is going to bring your son to you. When he brings your son to you, you just be quiet. And you'll win him over. Hmm? You believe that? Yes, you receive yes, that? Yes, I do. All right. Amen. So, do you have a book or you've thought about uh, uh, doing a book? I've thought about doing mm. books before. You have a lot of recipes, right? Yes, Prophet. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I had kind of spoken to you the other night about going uh, yeah. back, back into cooking, right? So, this is just to confirm. The Lord wants to confirm some of that aspect, right? Mm-hmm.
don't give up on the book, and the Lord is going to, hmm? He says he's going to open a, a channel or a way up. It, probably, it will probably be on YouTube, but he says wait for him to do it. I don't know if this is your direct channel or what, but he's going to start something, right? You believe that? So don't, don't rush and do it. You wait, because the Lord is going to do it. If the Lord don't do it, it don't usually, yeah. it, it don't last. Mm. Mm. But, but you, have a, you have a lot of, you have these questions in you about what you should be doing for God. So you're yes. kind of torn in between that and, and doing more for God, right? Yeah. Um, we are all called to preach the gospel. But some of us are not called to give up everything and just do it. And, and your livelihood comes from that. Although I don't think the Lord would say no to anybody. Contrary to some people's belief, I think if the desire is there, and, it, and if you're ready to go through all that, those doors can open. That goes for both of you. It is fearful to give up everything. <laughs> That's for sure. For the flesh, not in God. But even if you do that, you're still going to have this liking to cook. You enjoy that. And, and sometimes the reason we like things, the Lord has to purify us from, the, you know, from all the recognitions and things that we might want in it. But still, there can be a desire in there to do that. So don't give up on that. And nobody should never feel at the place. Even if the Lord, let me just say this. This is in general. This is for the two of you, but it's for anybody else. The Lord will never pressure you just to give up everything and go into ministry. Now, with that, I want you to hear what I'm saying. Because if you feel like your salvation is depending upon this, what the Lord may be saying is this is going to happen. It doesn't mean you have to do it that very second. Because if the Lord has called you to do something, he's going to give you the faith to do it. And the desire is going to be there to do it. In other words, you know, we could preach the gospel in such a way that everybody feels like they need to give up their job and go to preaching. There's nothing wrong with that if you've got faith to do that. But to do more for the Lord, yes. And maybe one day you do give up everything. But don't ever feel like the Lord says, if you don't do this, I'm going to kill you. Right? Or you're not saved. Always understand that the Lord knows your fears. Right? He knows what scares you. As Job said, what I fear the most comes upon, came upon me. He knows that. Understand that God is there. And if the calling is there, it will not go away. And as the Lord begins to minister to you, he will give you the faith to answer that calling. If that is the calling, make sure that's the calling. Make sure that's not just a 
a desire. Because some people just have a desire to be a minister, and then they realize, then they, they fall away. And probably there's some sort of confusion or something that they felt like this is what they're supposed to do. Because I find those that are, that are, that are called by God, you know, God keeps them from evil. Just like all his disciples. All I'm trying to say is don't let yourself be so pressured. Huh? Understand that, that the Lord, even when they came and told him that Lazarus was sick, Jesus waited two days. By the time Jesus got through waiting, he did. But that's part of the plan. So don't let yourself feel pressured. But do be inspired to step out. Right? Don't be afraid to step out for more of God. Right? But don't let your cooking go either. And sometimes that's a sign that God is with you. So you see that, okay, the Lord is in this, so maybe he's okay with me preaching. I think our thing is sometimes we don't feel like we're worthy to answer that calling. You don't, you have to, all you have to be is be a dummy. And most of us qualify. <laughs> right? You qualify, see? See? But see, sometimes you think you have to have all these degrees and all this Bible study and you've got to go do this and you've got to do that. Listen. If everybody had a degree, you would need a degree. You ain't saving people degrees. So you don't need to be a whole lot smarter than them. You just need to know the love of God. True. <laughs> so you have everything you need to save souls. Yes? So don't be afraid to step out. Yes? And if you want to cook, cook. Save a soul, save a soul. The Lord is there. Right? So you, you, you talk with the Lord and see what it is you really want to do. But for now, he's going to start that cooking, right? Because you kind of feel dead. Yes. Mm. So you ever preach in preaching fellowship? Yeah, I, I do um, on Sundays. Often or? Every? Oh, yeah, every Sunday. Oh, you do? Yeah. Huh? Uh-huh, since the year started. Fearful, isn't it? Don't think you know enough. Huh? Not sure if people will receive you. All you need to know is God receives you. And as far as preaching fellowship, all you need to know is I said you can do it. Right? And just do it. You you can't preach. And your preaching be dependent upon people accepting it. You just got to throw your love out there. Huh? So when you, when you two fell in love, who made the first step? You or him? You think it was you? Huh? She fished you. Uh-huh. You fish him out. Uh. Or oh, she texts first. That makes you deficient. 
That makes you fishy. Fish okay. yeah. The fisher of men. <laughs> okay, so she sent. Um, we we met. We met. Um, in Shagonas one day. You know, we just you know, started chatting, and then you know, she sent a text message. She said, "Um, I need to smile. Something, something, something." I was like, "Okay, cool." Uh, then I just kind of like take the bait, and you know, she like, told okay. you you need to smile. She needs to smile. She said that you know I need I need I need somebody to help me smile and you know. What? Yeah. Oh, I never heard that line before. So, prophet, we we um we met in we met in Shugonis. We went to school together a couple of years yeah. before that, and um we met in Shugonis until we were texting. Then I got over the weekend. I was kind of frustrated with school and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm frustrated. I don't need to smile, right? Oh, okay. All right, all right. You write that down, Christy? All right. Preaching, preaching is, is a lot like falling in love with somebody you ain't fell in love with yet. You don't care. You're willing to take the risk. You don't care. You're doing it for Jesus. You don't care. Huh? You've spent too much of your life being afraid of what other people think. Yeah? Spent too much. Huh? Let everybody know who you are and then let them decide if they like you or not. Wow. If they don't like you, all right, that's your choice, right? Yeah. Just keep your preaching up, but God is going to open up the cooking, right? Thank you, all right, I think we got time for one more, one more, one more. Yeah. <laughs> like like y'all don't do that anyway, you know. <laughs> y'all know God can read text, right? I I, I cannot hear you, you know. Twenty third of September. What you say? <laughs> all right, all right. I'm not doing the twenty third anymore because I, I sell, have several twenty thirds. I'd be here to six o'clock tonight. give the 23rds a prophecy, right? All the 23rds, right? All the 23rds. If you have faith, you'll get 500 extra dollars that you didn't know was coming by the end of the week. As for the 23rds, but if anybody else has the faith, go for it. Yes? I'm not talking about a paycheck, something you ex expect. I'm talking about something you... you Coming from a source that you did not expect, right? Mm. 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 Mm.
I feel like there's somebody I'm supposed to talk to and I can't find you. Um, I keep hearing this name, Argentine. I know there's Argentina, right? I'm not sure if it's the country, if it's Argentina or if it's Argentine. Huh? is that you got some connection to, to that word. I'm not sure it's Argentina. I just keep hearing Argentine. Mm. Who's that word connected with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's coming from right over in here. Mm. Not sure if it's the country or, the, or a name. Perfect. What do you sing? Uh, huh? Anyway, so there's this person. Um, <laughs> is that a person? I know it's a song, but is that a person or is it about a person or a country? About a country. Uh, Prophet and the church I used to go to, um, one of the um, uh, evangelism ministers' wife was from Argentina and we used to do a lot of street ministry together and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Anybody else over here, you connected with that? Mm-hmm. But why you, why you used to sing that song? A young girl, mm. I watched that movie several times, many times over, mm. and I just always sing it uh-huh. for whatever mm. reason. But that she was an evangelist. Yeah, she was an evangelist. Yeah. And she used to evangelize, and you used to go with her or yeah. with them. Yeah. And you miss that. Part of me misses that because I, um, I'd gotten a lot of words um, about evangelism in ministry school and, you know, mm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So did she used to go with y'all? Uh, yeah, we didn't have kids back then. Oh. We used to be all over the place. Used to be all over the place. Now the kids are all over the place. Yep. The Lord 
Lord says, all you need to know is you just need to know that he's approved you to evangelize. Amen, prophet. Hmm? You know, sometimes we can just talk ourselves out of evangelizing. Right? We can, we can, we, we fall prey to, you know, I'm not, I don't know what we're doing. We fall prey to too, too, too much dumbness. You know, rather than say, okay, Lord, who can I evangelize to? He will show you. Right? So it's going to get started back up. Right? Amen. Not with her. It's going to get started back up. Right? Amen, prophet. Amen. That's what you want, right? Yes, prophet. Yeah. Hmm? You and your wife going to find yourself evangelizing a lot more than you thought. Right? Praise God. Mm-hmm. Anybody over in here? Who might, this word is still bouncing off of somebody. Hmm? Anybody have any connections? Where, where is Argentina anyway? That's in South America, right? Anybody got any connections with that, any roots in that part of the country? Hmm? Are you just bouncing off of a movie? Yeah, Prophet, after Wednesday last, I was singing that whole day. All right, you should change Argentina to Maruga. Husbands from Aruga. You got roots from there, you Jamaican. Mm. What about you? You have any roots in that direction? You don't know? Where are you from? You from Trinidad? Born here. Yeah. Parents are from here. Yeah. Mm. Now somebody over here got some roots from there. Still could be you, old. Roots you don't know about. Yes. When I was in high school, high school years, I had a friend. What? I had a friend. He was like my best friend. So he was my friend in school and he was from Argentina. Oh. Older, older, she might need to embrace. Right? Oh. So that was embarrassed. I'm ashamed of it. So he was my friend in Argentina. He was from Argentina. And the school that I went to was... You ever notice some women always say, this is embarrassing, but they keep talking anyway. <laughs> we put a filter. So, um, he was, it was a predominantly white... Why are you talking like that? Buffett. Saturday oh. morning. Saturday uh-huh. morning. Okay, go um, ahead. So, so, so it, it was a predominantly white school, and he was a marginal kind of a white guy. And he used to be my friend. And I used to like him, but I used to say he would never like me because I'm a black girl and he's a white guy. But interestingly, a few, I don't know, recently he came back to my mind. He's, I ain't talked to him in years, so I don't know nothing about him. But when you mentioned Argentina, that's what you, you need to close down that part of your mind. It was, huh? You got some ghost in that part of your mind, always coming back and visiting you. Mm. 
I close it now. What? It closed now. Thank you, Yolanda. You know what we do when we can't find nobody in the future? We look back to see if there's somebody we missed. Huh? And then we go on Facebook or somewhere and, and, and Instagram and we, we see, we type their names in and we do all kinds of things. Uh, true. Listen, you, you cancel the past. See that? You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Amen. Uh, I, I want you to check. You check with some of your family and see if you have roots that are from Brazil. And see, just see, right? You, you got some grandparents, somebody you can talk to? You check and see. Because I'm, pr I'm pretty sure it's you. It's, a scene, it's, like, it's like I'm seeing this root that, that goes back to there. Does, does the 3rd of July mean anything to you? You don't know that date. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't know that date. You don't know the 3rd of July. Check. You check with some of your family. See if you can find out from Brazil, but from Argentina. All right? You just check and see. All right? And in that process, you, you think, what did I say? 3rd of July? Is that what I said? And you think about that date. And see if, if that means anything to you, right? Because sometimes, sometimes when we put on the spot, we can't remember. Mm. But it, it's like the person that I am seeing, mm. it's like you, you, you was not supposed to be here. But God brought you here, and you, and you said your parents are from here, so that would, that would imply from them. But it's like you was never supposed to leave. You was never supposed to get out, but you did. And I, I keep seeing like I keep seeing like this. There's this this large ranch 
But it's like somehow or another, some of your ancestors was chased out. I'm not 100%. I'm just speaking what I hear, right? You just check, right? Don't drive yourself crazy, right? Yeah. All right? And, and see if the 3rd of July, just see if that ever clicks with you, what that means. But, but it's like... It's like it's you. It's like it's like it's like the Lord is 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 calling you to something, something much greater than you you ever thought of. Yes, you just pray along those lines, right? Okay. All right. Yeah. Amen. All right. Yes, Nicole. <laughs> Listen, this is a beautiful scripture, right? That will that will. That will make you have a wonderful week. You take this scripture in Jesus. Ah, what can you not do this week? You don't have to understand it. Just got to believe God is with you. Ah, whatever's going on in your life right now, you don't have to understand it. You're going to understand it later. But here's the thing. In faith, we know that whatever we're going through is going to work out for our good. Hmm? That's, that's where faith comes in. That's where taking God's presence with it. You know, it's not like you do not realize now but what I, what I am doing, but later you will understand. It's not like you're going to be on the bad end. You're going to understand that God was doing something in your life. Maybe he chased a lover off and you don't understand it, but you're going to understand it. Huh? Maybe you didn't get a job or maybe something didn't happen the way you wanted you don't understand now, but you will understand. And you'll understand that God was saving you. He was rescuing you. He had something better for you. Hmm? Right? Amen? Take that scripture with you this week. Take the Lord with you. And listen, be victorious. Hmm? Even though you don't understand how or why. Just because God is God. Yes, Nicole. Love you.